Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change your Mondays, to change your week, and to change your life. One episode, one Monday at a time, here on the Maverick Mondays podcast. I've had the incredible opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful at what they do or are extremely positive-minded in the way they live their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. Stay tuned for today's guest. Our guest today on the Maverick Mondays podcast is Di Manuel. He's all the way from Vancouver, and he's with us here today. He's an author, a life coach, a fitness and nutrition expert. Di, welcome. Hey, thanks so much, Maverick. Really honored to be here. This is, uh, I'm stoked. I'm excited. So <laughs> you have you have kind of an interesting story. You you spent 17 years preparing for a lifestyle that you all of a sudden took a big leap into. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess. You know, I, I didn't come to the wellness industry, well, let, let me put it this way. Uh, a lot of people meet me, and because I am quite athletic now, and, and I take fitness very seriously, my health and well-being, people just presume it's, I've been active my entire life. But I, I wasn't. You know, up till the age of 15, I was actually morbidly obese. Really? And, and, you know, you can imagine going through a transformation where you release the weight, and you just, you, you teach yourself just a better way to live, you know, something that's more in alignment with the things that you want. And, and so going through that, that process, which took almost two years for me to fully realize the transformation, it, it got me really excited about coaching, mentorship, helping other people make big transformations in their lives. And so fast forward a few years, I, I found myself doing a lot of things in the fitness industry, you know, classes, spin classes, that kind of stuff. Uh, just love them, the lifestyle. And uh, then I found myself uh, going one step further down that chain where I found a position in a company that sold fitness equipment accessories, supplements, you know, some apparel, that kind of stuff. So now, now I was able to provide people with the tools to, to change themselves, you know, from a health and wellness standpoint. But they're only tools, right? So we all know, you know, tools are great, but if you don't use them, they just make your toolbox look really fancy, but uh, you're not actually getting anything done. And, and uh, for 17 years, 17 years, Maverick, I found myself on that path uh, to the point where I became a co-founder of a, of a fairly large retail operation that we were doing eight figures a year, and I, I loved it. I thought that was the path I was meant to be on, and 17 years later, it was actually more like 15 in a bit because I stayed on even though when my mindset had started to shift away from what I was doing, realizing that, hmm, is this where I want to stay? Is this where I want to continue to work and, and do what I'm doing? And, and, you know, those self-doubts start to come up and those questions that really needle at you, right, on the inside. It just sort of picks away at you. And uh, eventually just made a shift, you know, where I left my career of 17 years. My wife then left hers about a month later, pulled the kids out of school, literally gave away all our stuff, packed up our SUV and started traveling. Um, and just to be quite frank, uh, we didn't have anything set up to really uh, do that. Uh, but we were like, yeah, leap of faith. We think we can do this. I started building an online platform about 13 years ago. So at this point, it would have been uh, you know, nearly 10 years before I made that switch. And 
we had some options. You know, it wasn't replacing my income I had at the time, but when we started looking at our lifestyle and how we were living our life, we learned to prioritize uh, experiences and time with friends and community and really delivering value to people versus what we were doing in the past. And we realized, you know what? I think we can make a go at this. And uh, so away we went. And uh, that's been five years now doing my new venture, uh, well, sort of full-time. Uh, we, we, we focus a lot on lifestyle. We spent the last two and a half years living in Bali. And, uh, yeah, so we've, we've just become location independent. So a lot of the guests on the show, and almost everyone says, do what you love and you'll love what you do. And <laughs> I give you so much credit. I, I really look up to that. I really think that that's amazing. Can you can you compare and contrast for a moment your lifestyle then to your lifestyle now? How much has changed? How do you feel from sure. a day-to-day basis? <laughs> well, Maverick, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I'm, uh, well, let's put it this way. I've been an entrepreneur for, well, basically my entire adult life I've been an entrepreneur. So I've been working for myself and, and, and in business capacities where I'm, I have a stake in the business. And, and so we all know when we're running something that's our own, we, we have a different sort of motivation as well as an inspiration. There's a, because at the end of the day, you, you have full ownership. And, and I've always, I mean, that's one of my secrets. That no matter what jobs I've ever done, I've always treated the, the job as if I did own it. <laughs> and I think that's also why I was able to excel fairly quickly in the things that I would uh, jump into because I was very much focused on creating the best results possible with the amount of time that I had. And as you can imagine, going into retail, uh, you know, eventually get to the point where we had eight stores. We, we also have a couple of B2B enterprises, manufacturing, uh, a whole pile of stuff in between an e-commerce all across the country. I, my, my hours, right? Like as an entrepreneur, the, the going joke is, yeah, I only work half time. I either work the first 12 hours of the day or the last 12 hours of the day, you know, and it's sort of this, we accept it, right? You know, Gary Vaynerchuk started talking about the hustle. Right, you got to hustle. Get the you know work your nine to five, and then be prepared to work from seven to one on your side hustle. And I was very much someone that was very passionate about some of the things I did outside of my work, but I never actually thought that I would venture from the career path I was on into one of those. It was always just a passion product, something that I loved. It was a great way to connect with people, deliver value, help them with just living their best life. And I thought, hey, this is the path I'm meant to be on for pretty much the rest of my life. I, I thought, like, yeah, I'm going to be here until I'm 65 years old doing the same thing. But when I realized that, you know what? I'm missing out on some time with my family. I'm not able to connect with some of the communities I want to as regularly as I want to. And also, and the big one for us was our family likes to prioritize experiences over stuff. And that was a shift that I went through where before, and I'll be honest with you, whenever I collected a lot of stuff. You know, I would buy certain things, try to be flashy, thinking, well, this is this is success, right? But I never have time to enjoy any of that stuff. <laughs> and, and on top of it, when we got down to it, my family didn't care about any of that stuff. They wanted time with me, and I wanted time with them. So we're like, okay, I can't stay on the same path and expect to be able to all of a sudden create these opportunities now. Meaning that when you actually get really honest with yourself and you start looking at what your career involves right now, what do your day-to-day look like? What do you envision it going to be like a year from now, two years from now, three years from now? And to be quite honest, if you're brutally honest with oneself, you'll probably come to the conclusion that you don't foresee things changing a whole heck of a lot. It's just normally we don't have that kind of flexibility in our traditional type careers. And so I needed something that had more flexibility. 
allowed me to align with my, my passions, the things that were my core values, and then actually live into me, you know, and having a, a business that can support that. And, and so I didn't know. I mean, I was scared poopless, to, so, to, to, to be quite frank. I, it was intimidating. As you can imagine, Maverick, 17 years. And maybe people that are listening to this can relate to this. You imagine, like, you're on a career path. You're like, this is where I'm meant to be. I did love what I was doing. So I believe that this is what I'm meant to do. And I was. I was very passionate about it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. But then I started looking. You know, I was 37 at the time. And I'm like, geesh, where do I see myself in another 10, 15, 20 years? My business partner was 20 years my senior, my first real professional mentor. I learned a lot from him. But being 20 years my senior, he was in a different stage of life. And when I started working with him, he was around the age that I was at this time when I started to introspect. And I realized I've been chasing his life. I haven't been chasing my own. And dude, that was one of the most sobering experiences. Because all of a sudden I realized, okay, well, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. But what can I do? I don't know. What will I do for money? What will I do for my family? How will I support them? Like, holy smokes, you open up a whole can of, of whoop, right? And, uh, and you're trying to figure it out. Dude. But, but I don't regret any of it, you know? And I've learned more in the last five years than I had learned in the previous ten. So uh, I definitely think it's something worth exploring for anybody. If you have that little nagging that you need to make some changes, well, make the changes. Start making them soft, small, like little little incremental changes and see what happens. Because if you just keep doing the thing, same thing that you do every day and expecting different results, what does Einstein call that? Insanity. Insanity. That's right. <laughs> so I'm like, get honest, man. He knew this like 100 years ago. <laughs> right. Why is it taking us so long to wake up to that, right? And I think it's really hard because when you're working it and you're in it, life is happening and it happens fast that we just are focused more on the day-to-day, just just day-to-day, day-to-day. We don't really start to give ourselves the space to, to start to dream and envision what life could be if we started living it a little bit differently you kind of got a taste firsthand of what success really is and what happiness really is. What is it for you? And what, what is it, what is it for other people so that they know? Well, I think it's really important when you just said that, and I just want to stress your question again, because you said, what is success to me? Right. You're asking me, it is a very subjective term yet. A lot of us do try to objectify it, right? Like we try to say, well, it's success means this. It's just, we, we like to attach numbers. Oh, it's X amount of money in the bank. It's, it's uh, these types of vehicles. It's kind of a home. Like for some of us, we, we quantify things very quickly because we believe that that is the easiest way to justify the means, right? I'm amassing all this stuff. So I must be successful. But when you start to actually qualify versus quantify, right? When you actually start to talk about the touchy-feely stuff, like actually, how do you feel by doing what you're doing? You know, how do you feel about your family? How do you feel about your life? You know, and ask that question, like, what do you want for life? You know, like people aren't used to being asked that because like, well, geez, I don't know. Like, like, can you just ask me what I want to watch on Netflix? Because that's a much easier question for me to answer than to answer what I want in my life. <laughs> You know, and, and so, you know, I think some of us avoid asking the question because we know, or at least deep down, we feel that the, the answer that we want to get is attainable. So why bother going for it? Why even think about it if it's not really in the realm of possibility? But it is, right? Like it really is. And so for me, just to answer your question, that was sort of my preamble to sort of give it some context. Uh, I, with my wife, my wife's a beautiful woman, uh, my best friend. I'm very fortunate. I've been dating for 20 years. And 
she was dripping on me for a couple of years about this idea of being a full-time family, like traveling, actually ex- leveraging uh, our time to provide us with more opportunities to have experiences as a family. And it took her a little while. She was sending me podcast links, getting me into various Facebook groups. I had traveling families, you know, these digital nomadic families that are all over the world. And that, it started to warm up like myself to the idea. And, and I started looking at some of these families and what they were doing and what they were prioritizing versus what our family was doing, what we were prioritizing. And I started to realize. I think I've been chasing the wrong thing, <laughs> you know? I'm like, this feels more in alignment. I do want more time with my family. I'd like to be able to experience parts of the world with my kids while I'm young enough so I can actually enjoy it to my fullest potential, you know? Because right now, at the age that I am, I'm like, I want to be having fun with my kids. They're now in their teens, right? They're like little people. But I want to be able to be that young dad and it's engaged and enjoying these, these moments of life with them fully. And, and so I know I had to make some changes, right? And, and so success to me is, is having location independence. It's also having the ability to, to say yes to experiences when they're presented to me and not have to think, oh, geez, why can't I do this? You know, like I, I don't see anything as a no. I see everything as a possibility. Then it's like we have FOMO, right? It's like, well, I can't say no to anything because I'm going to miss out. No, I, I, Greg McCown, essentialism, I'm a big practitioner of his philosophy on getting really clear on what's essential versus non-essential in life and business. So I've just now created the opportunity to say yes to the things that are in alignment with me way more than ever having to say no, where before I would have to try to shuffle things to be able to say yes. And, and that, so I have that, that freedom now to be able to be really selective on what I want to work on, when I want to work on it, most importantly, I get to have a great time with my family and friends. And so for me, that is success. That is what I now uh, quantify as well as qualify as success. You know, time with family, time having experiences, connecting with new people in their communities and their cultures, all that kind of stuff. Allow yourself some time to dream and simply ask yourself the question, what do I want for my life? And sit down with a piece of paper. And just scribble down some ideas. Just, just free flow it, right? Like it's, man. Like the artist way they talk about that exercise: twelve minutes of, of free writing, right? Like literally, get yourself a piece of paper and just start writing, and go for twelve minutes all. Set a timer, and the reason why about seven, eight minutes in, your brain starts just pouring stuff out. You get into that creative zone. You'll be amazed at what comes out. But then you've got something to look at and say, wow. Life can be so much bigger if I choose to make it that way. And then you just got to start doing that, right? You just got to start doing those little things that's going to bring you closer and closer to that vision. But most of us don't give ourselves the time nor the space or the energy to actually ask the question. You're Right now you're describing a lifestyle that you really feel like is where you're supposed to be. And you, I, I can tell, I'm sure the, the, the listeners can tell that you have this amazing positive aura around you. Um, but it, I'm sure there was also struggles leading up to get to where you are now. What was the biggest lesson you learned the hard way on this road to this lifestyle? Well, there's been a few. And I guess it's learning how to manage stress, right? Like, I think that's a big one, especially as it ties into mental health. And, you know, I, I know people when they're really motivated, they might be working their career, but they're also got a side business on top of that. Maybe they have a family or other outside commitments or passion projects. We only have 168 hours a week. How are we investing those hours? And for many of us, myself specifically, 
I was burning the candle at both ends. You know, and I would go as far as say I even cut the candle in the middle, so I broke it into two, so I could light four ends. You know, <laughs> and, and you realize, oh man, you cannot sustain that for long. So for myself, I, I found that my easiest way to manage stress at, at a certain period of my life, for a number of years actually, was with alcohol. You know, that would be my go-to at the end of a day. I'd come home, have a beer or two, half glass, glass, have a bottle. <laughs> you know, like wine. And, and it was not a social thing. It was actually my way of managing some of the emotions, some of the stress and feelings that I was experiencing based on overworking, not focusing time on self-care. And I basically created a perfect storm. And it got to a point where I recognized that my lifestyle and all the things that I loved and valued and had been working for were now being compromised and threatened based on my choices that I was making as it related to alcohol and, and to some extent some drug use as well. And so all of a sudden you get to a realization where it's like, okay, well, I can't keep doing this. I'm already seeing the negative repercussions of my choices and reactions. And I have to ask myself, well, if I continue doing this, do I foresee it getting better? And I was like, well, no, I don't. Um, so it went through some really challenging times there. And fortunately, my wife was very, very instrumental in me seeing the changes that were possible and seeing the lifestyle that I wanted uh, and, and reminding me of that and some of the commitments I made to myself as being the best father, best person, best human being I could be. And she asked me a question, and this is literally on the verge of us breaking up. It was after an all-night bender, and just I was a mess. you know. And, and I remember that next morning, extremely hungover, she sat me down. And I could tell, you know, like she's a patient woman, but she's not that patient, you know, and I'd really been pushing the luck. Uh, and, and I think people that are listening to this can probably relate to, to this. You know, we have that significant other in our life and they will turn a blind eye at times to, to just let us off the hook. They know, oh, okay, well, he's burning off steam. It's okay. You know, no one got hurt. La da 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 da. But when you see that happening over and over and over again, you, you get to your wit's end where you're just like, okay, this can't work. We had two kids at the time under the age of seven. <laughs> you know, she was uh, staying at home with them all day. And then I would justify when I'd come home, well, I, I'm just working all day, babe. And uh, so I, I deserve this. I need this. So let's talk after I've had uh, a couple beers, you know, and because I need to handle the stress. I can't talk to people. I've been talking all day. I had all these reasons, like all these excuses of why I could justify having alcohol. And she asked me this morning, this one morning when I woke up and extremely hungover, and she, she simply said to me, Di, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters? And that Maverick was like, because oh. it was the first time I realized that I wasn't being that person. I was so out of integrity, you know, in, in, in all, so many different ways. And it just wasn't no longer healthy. And, and that was like the biggest mistake I've, I've made is, is just the amount of alcohol I would consume and some of the choices that I would make based on that influence and how I justified all my actions because I was working really hard. Oh, I work really hard. I provide for my family. You know, I, I'm, I'm providing for all my, my staff, my team members. Like, I deserve this. This is my time. Right. <laughs> you know, so, and it's amazing what the brain will do, right? We'll justify to, to, to no end why we make certain choices, especially when they're choices that hurt us. Um, 
anyways, it, it, and, and it was that, that moment when she asked that question, I was like, oh, I am not being that guy. If a guy like me at that time came to my home and asked to date my daughters or even go as far as to marry my daughters, I'd punch him in the face and kick him out. You know, I'd be like, there's no way right. you are even talking to my daughters. Yet that was the guy I was being. I was role modeling that kind of a thing. And so that's what started that journey. And this is just over 10 years ago. I just celebrated 10 years, you know, alcohol. And, and that's incredible. It, it, yeah, well, thank you. And, and I don't say that to brag, but I do say it because I am proud of it. I am proud of it, but it was me making a decision and then following it up with some very specific action. Di, let me ask you like this. Someone who is working, you know, as hard or even harder than you were and you are working and they do feel like they need, you know, they, they have that in their head where they need some kind of outlet afterward. What would be um, a good example of a healthy outlet instead of drinking uh, or, or substance abuse? <laughs> well, thanks for asking that. And yeah, this this comes into the, the self-care conversation. And I love this conversation because I think it's, it's becoming much more relevant today as, as the conversations around mental health are now happening openly, at least more openly than they've ever been before. And I do thank social media and some of the interesting campaigns, as well as just our awareness on the subject matter is just so much more uh, prevalent in, in, in just media and in conversations and schools. It's, it's pretty cool. And, and so when we're talking about self-care, I have certain daily rituals. Uh, and I used to have these before, but then it was funny. The more alcohol I would have, the less I'd be uh, wanting to do some of the things that I know make me feel better. And it's one of those things, you know, it was that literally not only impeding life in the moment, it was impeding future life, meaning that, yeah, the day after or the two days after, if I was drinking, I'd have, I mean, I remember sometimes Friday nights and I wouldn't start feeling good again until Monday afternoon. Well, I had the weekend off with my family and I was hungover for most of the weekend, you know, so I, I ruined the opportunity to have those experiences. And, and so I got back to just doing some basics, daily meditation. Trying to move my body every day with some purpose means actual workouts or if workouts weren't an option, just being active, moving my body. Like I love to hit 10,000 steps a day. It's just sort of a it, – there, there's not really the health application, but it's the mental health piece that I get. And just knowing that my body's been moving throughout the day, I get a certain amount of, of, of energy expenditure when I do that, and it makes me feel good. Also working on mobility. And most importantly, Maverick, like what you're doing with this podcast and the people that are listening to this – there's so much access to information today, and a lot of this information is very educational, motivational, inspirational. And what are we filling our head with? You know, like the muscle between the ears is the one that most people condition last. <laughs> you know, they're more concerned about the exterior, about the body, and dealing with that, dealing with our image as we're perceived by those around us in our communities online, right? And we want to be insta famous. Oh, well, then I'll portray this image. But what about the stuff on the inside, that self-image? What are we doing to reinforce some of that? What are the images? What are the ideas? What are the what are we putting into our minds? And, and that's where concentrated personal and professional development every day, for a minimum of 10 to, to 20 minutes, just filling the head with great food. <laughs> because that food will then empower you to actually start to just live life a little bit differently. And when you start living differently, results change. And it all of a sudden, like, whoa, what's going on here? You know, just by listening to certain books, I, I've had ideas planted in my head. And then all of a sudden, I come to a conversation and I have a different outlook, a different perspective, which allows me to see things differently, but also make better decisions in the moment. 
And it's all because I've just taken time to fill my head with good information, get around good people, you know? And uh, so I want to thank you for just being someone that's out there creating content that helps people in this capacity. And, oh, absolutely. Uh, so, thank you. So th- those are my some of my habits. i got a bunch of others too, but those are like the main ones. Those are like non-negotiable, right? Like those are like you do these no matter what, 30 minutes, 2% of every 24 hours, I commit to moving my body a bit, doing a bit of meditation, as well as feeding my mind. 30 minutes a day, 2% of every 24 hours. It's 2% of your life dedicated to some self-care. I think we at least deserve that. Are those your grounders? <laughs> you know what's really interesting is, my, my wife's really good at this. She's like, you know, your mental attitude is a choice. You can choose to be happy. <laughs> and, and she will remind me of that, you know. And she does it even when I'm down or I'm frustrated or I'm angry. And and the thing that drives me nuts is sometimes when I'm feeling that way, I'm like, well, I just want to stay this way. And then she's like, she'll say that thing. And it, I just can't be angry because she reminds me that it is a choice. Our attitude is a choice. And we often follow it up with actions that that are very much in alignment with, with that feeling that we're having. And, and we perpetuate it, right, by, by constantly living into it and making different decisions. So it's a, you know, they, they talk about, uh, you know, when you're feeling depressed, you want to stay depressed. Like, it's fine. We said we don't want to, and we know there's things we can do to get out of that shift, but we often find comfort in it, you know, and we, we isolate. At least I did. That's what I would do. I would withdraw. I would isolate. I would, you know, I just, it's not great. So what do I do now? Well, I, I try to always look at things from a positive perspective. I try to see the lesson in anything that I do, specifically when I make mistakes. Dude, I make a lot of them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all right. And my, my teenagers remind me of that. A huge turning point for you was when your wife came over to you and asked you if you were, you know, marrying off your one of your daughters. And <laughs> the guy showed, who showed up at the door had the same habits as you. You wouldn't be comfortable. What today in Diamond Well's life, what has to happen in the next three, five, ten years for you to feel happy with the way your life is going? I mean, obviously you're yeah. on, you're on the right track, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can tell you know you're doing great. What has to happen? What has to continue happening? What are you know what are those core values? it that way and sometimes people when they hear core values i know so from my own clients they, they get confused by the term because they're not really sure what does that mean and so i always like to just quickly qualify it and it's like if i was to ask someone what the core values are what are the things that are most important to them i could ask them to, to share that with me today but then i could ask them again in five ten maybe even 20 years ask them the same question and they probably give me the same answers uh, that, that's how I look at core. Like they're timeless. They're, they're right to the, our very root, you know, and, and it often influences a lot of how we feel, how we perceive things, how we act. Uh, it, it motivates or inspires us to make certain decisions and choices in our lives. And so when I look at my core values, and this is where I was feeling really challenged in my previous career path because family was one of my core values. You know, having time with family, just having those experiences together to be able to just be that. And all of a sudden I was finding my schedule is becoming more and more compromised based on me overcommitting and being so heavily involved with my business that it, it, it then took away from that core value. And what's so interesting, and this is what I, I always like to stress with people, the further you drift away from your core values, so the things that matter most to you, it's interesting that we create this big chasm. And in this chasm, there's often a lot of upset feelings. You know, we, we either feel depressed, we feel sad, we feel withdrawn, we feel disconnected, we feel confused. And, and so also we start to feel these things. And the psychologists call it cognitive dissonance, you know, so that you, 
you know, you have an idea of who you want to show up as, and yet you're showing up as something completely different. There's a disconnect here. And it creates this opportunity for us to, to feel sad, to feel not ourselves. And, and what do we do? At least in my case, I would drink. You know, I would drink to sort of distract myself from those feelings, those emotions, because I didn't think it was possible to change my, my work, change my commitment there. And so recognizing that I wasn't having the time with my family, it was like, well, I don't see this changing. So I'll, rather than feeling so sad about it, I'm just going to have some drinks. You know, that'll make me feel better in the moment. And not nasty cycle, right? I say this a lot. What we try and do on the podcast is jumpstart our listeners' weeks. You know, coming from yeah. coming yeah. from the weekend to a Monday, whether it's work, school, or whatever it is, or whether you're trying to take that big leap into your dream lifestyle, it can it can be a little depressing, you know, a little unmotivating. Yeah. What what advice would you have for that person? What advice would you have for someone on a Monday who doesn't feel enthused or or motivated to to you know, take action to leap into their lifestyle that they really want to be living. What what one piece of advice would you have for that person? <laughs> okay, so th- this is kind of funny. It's a little tongue in cheek, but uh, I I do keynoting, so I, I do some professional talks. You know, at, at various types of events, and what, one of the stories I like to share, or, or more so an invitation, or you can call it a challenge. Some people like to be challenged. Some people like to be invited. Um, I try not to tell people what to do, you know what I mean? Because it's no one wants to be told what to do. We like to come to the decision <laughs> on our own. But what I like to invite people to do is, especially Monday morning, what if in your bedroom you had judges from the IOC, so the International Olympic Committee, in your bedroom watching you jump out of bed in the morning, and they were going to give you a medal based on your performance, okay? So <laughs> envision this. Getting out of bed is an Olympic event, all right? It, it is the first real action you do to start your day. So what if you treated that simple action of getting up every morning as a gold medal competition with only one person, that is yourself? It sets the tone. It creates the energy. You know, it really gets you moving forward, and it will also bring a smile to your face, right? There's a certain vibration that's created by just – committing to that action and so that's one little thing i like to invite people to do just the way you get out of bed in the morning don't muck around don't reach over grab your phone start surfing on the net like jump out of bed with purpose you know get up get going do something to show yourself that you love yourself whether that may be do a little bit of meditation a little bit of journaling go for a workout whatever do like maybe have a, a morning smoothie do something to show yourself that you care And that's a great way to start the day because what happens is we get into that positive frame of mind. We create that positive momentum and it will influence our entire day. And we start to make better decisions, you know, decisions that are more in alignment with that, that feeling that we have that we start our day with. We start to naturally want to keep that. And so we start to make decisions that allow us to stay in that, that frame of mind or that uh, emotional state. And so that is the one thing I like to really challenge people with. It's something that's really easy to do. Everyone's got to do it. You got to get up in the morning. <laughs> well, at least I hope you do. And uh, this is just going to give you that little bit of uh, hop in the step, that little bit of energy to kickstart the day. And so that, that's one thing I like to throw out at people. So, Diamond, well, thank you so much. How can people learn more about you? How can they connect with you? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, the easiest way is is obviously social, uh, like online. I'm I'm quite active on Facebook and Instagram, and my my handle is just my name, Diamond Well. Uh, as well as I have a website with about 1,500 articles now on it, uh, all geared towards making life better. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's all lifestyle, so nutrition, mindset, uh, exercise. Like it, it is really an amassed amount of resources that are free and accessible. So uh, I always like to invite people to check that out. And I, I have a book that was published a few years ago called The Whole Life Fitness Manifesto, and it teaches people a method for maximizing every day with just 30 minutes. And and so it's it's a great, uh, well, I'm biased obviously because I created it, but uh, <laughs> it's what I've used for my own life as well as for the lifestyle of, of thousands of people that I've been able to positively lead down a path of committing to themselves that they want to live their best life now. And so there's always that invitation to, to check that out if they want. And uh, let's just connect, you know, just, just reach out. I'm a Narmia one, so uh, just be patient. If you send me a private message, I will get back to you, and it is me getting back to you. Uh, just give me a, a day or two at most to, to, to sift through some of the contacts. I love it. Di, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thanks, Maverick. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Absolutely. Takeaways from episode 25. One, Di left his career of 17 years. His wife left hers. They pulled their kids out of school, gave away most of their stuff, and packed up their car and traveled with no real plan. Talk about a leap of faith. Two, life can be so much bigger and better when you choose to make it that way. Your mental attitude is a choice. Three, ask yourself, are you being the type of person you want to marry your own child? Four, read books, talk to people, listen to podcasts, give yourself new perspectives to grow your opportunities, fill yourself with good information. And five, what if the judges from the IOC were in your bedroom watching you in the morning jump out of bed and they were going to judge your performance against yourself? What would happen if you treated that like you wanted gold? Thank you for listening. Hey, real quick, before you go, if you happen to be listening to this episode on an iPhone or Apple product, please be sure to leave a kind review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Otherwise, be sure to check out more at www.mvpodcasting.com. That's mvpodcasting.com. Thank you.